Second Watch, live from Gen Con twenty sixteen. Gen Con. Hey. Amazing. Ah, oh, we're here and it's it's the last day. It it's, it's the afternoon of day four. It's Sunday afternoon, and it feels like Sunday afternoon of a con. <laughs> I am completely in that mode right now. We're um, actually all lying on the floor. Just... I wish we were lying on the floor. <laughs> Why did we not do the setup like that? We should. We could just all lie down and yeah. just talked until we literally take a nap. Until we literally great. just fall asleep, and then you could, and then you, the listener at home, could listen to it as you're falling asleep, and it would be very soothing. You know, I don't think any other podcast has done that. We could innovators. We could be innovators. We right should now. do a regular podcast like that. Sleepy time. <laughs> we read you a little story. Such a great idea. Anyway, no ideas on I'd... the fourth day of the con. <laughs> so, uh, so how was Gen Con for you, Tal? Megan, mm. I'm so sleepy. The Starbucks downstairs is closed, and I was very sad about that. <laughs> um, no, overall, it was. It was really good. This was my first Gen Con. I think Alex also. Yeah, yeah, my first two. Nice. And it was, I was prepared for it to be huge and crazy. And it was both of those things, which is exhausting, um, but so good. <laughs> Just really good. How about you guys? Amazing. Like, totally amazing. I was I was really nervous about Gen Con. Like, honestly, straight up, I was not sure what kind of experience I was going to have. And I was, like, excited, but also really cautious about a lot of it. And um, it is gigantic, but it never really felt overwhelming to me. And I think that's because I, I have a bunch of, like, good people who, I, you know, almost everywhere I went, which was not everywhere in the con. I mean, I was between games on demand and, like, a few the few places where i was doing panels uh, mm-hmm. pretty much exclusively and and the the places where we were doing one shot stuff and in those places everywhere i went i i had a friendly face and someone i knew and someone who had more gen con experience than me yeah. um so my experience has just been like totally awesome totally loving everyone's sweet everyone's helpful everyone's like excited and positive and uh, yeah it's it, it's been totally totally awesome See, and because we talked, what was it, on the last Second Watch a lot about this, or maybe the one before, I forget, but because, mm. uh, yeah, it was this is y'all's first Gen Con, was your first Gen yeah. Con, mm-hmm. um, and of course, I had the experience of doing it last year, which I think is when I had all of sort of the, the fears and anxieties and all of that, but, uh, you know, I had a, had a very similar experience of just getting to see a lot of people that I talked to online yes. and yeah. attaching, attaching Twitter handles to faces. There was so much of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I had this great experience of this guy coming up and being like hey i'm i i honestly can't remember this guy's first name but he was like hey i'm first name and we know each other on twitter and i was like okay cool handshake awesome and then but the next time i saw him i got his twitter handle and i was like oh dad bod raccoon yeah bring it in man like (laughs) hug like yeah awesome so if you ever introduce yourself to me in public you should just give me your twitter handle apparently and i'll I'll respond to that same or or show me a picture of your icon so i can be like oh that one okay (laughs) gotcha yeah just show me your persona i won't i won't really (laughs) recognize anything else that too Ah, no, it was, uh, I mean, overall for me, it was a good, a good Gen Con, uh, I busiest convention that I have ever put myself through. Um, but it felt very even paced. I, 
I did eight interviews for Talking Tabletop over the last four days. Uh, I was a part of three panels, and I record three APs while I was here, uh, together with all the stuff that didn't happen on the mics, uh, plus this show. Um, so it was it was kind of a nonstop 16 hours a day, sometimes a lot longer than that. There was the one 20-hour day. Um you know, but uh, but that's what I know. I do that to myself, uh, mm-hmm. and then that, then I get to chill and relax. I mean, it's it's Gen Con season. I get to. The problem is, there's too much awesomeness in the world, and there's too much awesomeness at Gen Con, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I can't not take part in the awesomeness. So it's like you know, getting to. I, Hey, here's something we didn't talk about. The three of us looking at our faces for the first time. I know. Yeah, like this is the first time. None of us. Well, had, well you two had met we, face we to face met. before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but the three of us being together, the sort of the expanded one-shot network all being together for the first time. I mean, this was it. It just happened. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, that's been really, really nice. It's so cool to record with you guys in person for sure. And, you know, that bit about, about, making the most of your days and not getting enough sleep like i am i am such like a care advocate and i get so impassioned about like sleep and eat and take care of yourself and you don't have to do it all and i now i understand why that's so difficult like i've Mm -hmm. had cons where i've had amazing experiences but this is the first con that i've ever been to where i was like it's it's 4 a.m but i just i just can't i just can't go home like i don't want to i just want to keep keep being around these people and and I think, you know, that that has less to do with the design of the convention or any official events that were going on and just the people that were here. Um, listeners, if I met you at Gen Con, I like you and you are good and you made my experience better. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Oh, so I guess we should we, we should do Scrying by Gen Con edition. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Megan, yeah. you go first. Uh, oh, okay. I will go first. So Scry. Um, so now is this... This is just uh, the Gen Con edition, so nobody, it doesn't matter what I've been up for to for the last month or two, because it's nothing. Doesn't matter. Yep. You'll never know. It'll be a mystery forever. Um, I, it's only Sunday, and I'm still having trouble remembering what all I did. Thursday, I played uh, games all day, and it was fantastic. Uh, some of the, one of them was even on the schedule, so that's cool. <laughs> that's the thing that I think nobody tells you about Gen Con, too, is that Yes, the schedule is huge and gigantic and there are so many things going on, but there's so many things that aren't happening on the schedule. Yeah. You can just pick up a game and play with some people and it's fine. It's yeah. cool. Just sit in you the hallway. You did it. You did Gen Con. Yeah. yeah. So that was my Thursday. Uh, I got to play Headspace with Mark Richardson and somebody else in this room. So maybe Always a good time. Headspace. Headspace is so good. Yeah. That, so good. That was really good. I'm not sure what's going to become of that recording, but hopefully it's out there somewhere for people to hear. Um, I played my first Cypher System game with Troy, who is uh, another good, good, good person from the internet. Um, I met so many Twitter people, and it was yeah, it was so good. Uh, and then I met Senda from She's a Super Geek podcast. Yeah, yeah. What a sweetheart, huh? She's so good. She ran a great game for Contessa, which I did not spend nearly enough time in that area or learning about those people. Um, but she ran a, a version of One Last Job that was Magical Girl themed. So of <gasps> course I had to go play that. Amazing. It was very good. So if you played in that game, uh, it was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, I think from there, it's just been, I did some shopping, but that's that's the buy part. We'll talk about that later. Uh, 
I don't know. Just just seeing people. It's it's been a nonstop like running into people that I've known on Twitter for a while and that interact with us and that are so so good and nice and they're that way in person too and lots of hugs. Yeah. <laughs> lots yeah. and lots of hugs. It's been a hug con for me for, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Yeah, no, it's it's I'm all right for for those listening. Y'all have probably heard this before. I don't like believe in physical contact. Like that's not one of my things. Um, oh. like I, I have to deal with handshakes because because that's what society deems we have to handshake. But I would rather just be like a hello friend from from the other side of the table. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, and hugs are, are super, super across the line. But uh, mm. Gen Con, everyone, you know, has this incredible, huge, you know, warmth and energy to them that it's like, all right, barriers can go down for a little minute. Like, and, come on and, in, let's hug it out. Let's but, make but, it happen. Do, but does that feel okay to you? Or, or do you feel like there's a lot of hug pressure? Because I know there, I know there's hug pressure at things like this, and it's, I okay. We're, we're we're second watch. We're we're, we're truthful and honest, <laughs> That's right. right? That's um, right. I, there's there's a ton of hug pressure, yeah. and if it wasn't for the hug pressure, I wouldn't do it. And part of it is there's some reality, you know. It's kind of hard to explain for people that, that don't do that we do. Not that we're anything special, but when you're when when, when you're at the one shot hangout or you're on a panel, you're performing. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, may, maybe yeah. you disagree, and mostly it's you. But at least for me, I'm I'm sort of performing, and mm-hmm. when I'm in the hallways meeting people, I'm performing. Interesting. Uh, I'm me, but I'm I'm yeah. more often more I try to be anyway more charismatic and more outgoing than I would yeah. naturally be. My natural self is I want to sit here in the corner of this quiet room and and and. And check how the Kickstarter numbers are going and, and worry mm-hmm. about those and, and, and hit a like on Twitter and just be calm and quiet. Mm-hmm. But I want to give a good interaction to the people that I meet. Uh, so there's a performance there. And with that comes things like hugging uh, when, when the time is right. So, I mean, the the 100% truthful reality is it, it, it is the combination of the pressure and wanting to to perform and give a good interaction to the people I meet. Because, you know, I, I know when I got to meet people for the first time that I, you know, listen to podcasts or they do games that I like or anything like that this is my one chance in the year to meet them and interact with them I would like a a good interaction with them for you know not that I'm anything special but for the people that wanted to meet me in the same kind of way they want a good interaction and they don't want to hide from across the table uh Mm -hmm. so you try and deliver that's hard you know that's a really delicate balance because I think um there's there's the there's the degree of performance um that protects you and that sort of allows you to to put up this thing and um and not let strangers immediately see your true and intimate self and i think that's really healthy but but i i I, that actually really bums me out that people are just i and i think like and i know that i do that too i get i'm just like a little puppy and i just want to like you know jump all over people and Mm -hmm. and i know and i feel like you know i'm tiny and i look harmless so i think i get away with a lot but but that really bums me out like i really wish that there was a socially acceptable I wish that there was some way to just express that, like, I don't want to hug you, but that's not, it's not a judgment. It's not a thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. just a low pressure. And, and all of this would be solved if we checked in with people before we hug mm. them, which I try to remember to do. And I yeah. know I don't always do it. I'm yeah. trying to be more mindful of that yeah. as well, like, this this whole weekend. I know that I, I, I think I jumped it with a few people. And they said the same thing back to me. They're like, I meant to ask. And I was like, it's okay. We, we're, we're both good with this. It's fine. Yeah. But, like, yeah. 
yeah. asking or you know, a, either a verbal thing or like a some yeah. kind of sign that like yeah and it's easy to do that before you go into a hug like you, it's really easy to telegraph a hug because mm-hmm. your arms go all the way out <laughs> you know like it's i'm a bear yes yeah. <laughs> and i think like in a larp usually before you do like before you get into uh, the kind of larps that i play before you get into like a combat or before you get into like really close and like intimate you mm-hmm. telegraph it you check in out of character right you just do like hey I'm, I'm i'm gonna do this is that cool yes no and then you do it like you can do that in real life we should do that in real life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I let's let's all try to make that just like a con culture thing. Hugs are wonderful and touch can be healing and and powerful and, and lovely. Um, but yeah, let's make check-ins yeah. also a part of of con culture. I would appreciate that. Yeah, let's do that. Could you could you just like I, I was asking some people just a quick are you a hug person? Yeah. Is yeah, that, are you a hugger? Yeah. yeah. Because some people are huggers, like self-identified yeah. capital H huggers, and, and they love that. And, yeah. and so just something like that, I yeah. think, is clear. Hug, you know? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. No is fine. Yeah. So now that we, we, we've we yeah. snatched all the air out of the room. <laughs> no, I love talking good. about this no, stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say, all right, so the, I guess to finish out my little scry, I, I had one, one super, super cool moment that... Uh, uh, I had, let me rephrase it. I had a ton of really awesome moments. Um, but one that stuck out in my mind, uh, you know, last, last second watch, we talked about this. It's every, the only thing I've ever wanted to be since I was 10 years old was a game designer. Like that's, that's, that's what I wanted to do. It's all I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the super cool moments that popped out is, uh, just at one of the social gatherings at the conventions. Um, maybe it was the Diana Jones awards, I think, cause the first night, which was awesome. Uh, I was talking mm. with someone, and they went, "How do I know you?" And I went, "I do a podcast on one chat kind of talking table." He goes, eh, "I don't listen to podcasts." And I was like, "Um, then I don't think you do." He goes, "You do that game reflections." Oh wow! Oh, that's and I awesome. was like, "Oh, I I got I don't know maybe that feels egotistical. I don't know. I'm happy. I'm going to say it. I yeah. I got recognized for my game design work without association of the podcast and huh. in a room full of you know real game designers. Um, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I know Alex. You're going to roll your <laughs> but, eyes. But they at were me all like, you, you keep yeah. going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> in a room full of full of Ken Heights and Robin D. Laws and Matt Forbex and you know, uh to to get that kind of acknowledgement, you know, just kind of it, it makes it feel like you're doing something right within the dream you're trying to achieve. So that was a super cool moment for me. That's so wonderful. I love that. Alex? Scry. Um I I figured that at some point over the, this convention I would play a game or two. Um, I was doing a lot of panels and I was doing a lot of um, just hosting at Games on Demand, uh, which was really, really satisfying. I love working with those people. Like, it was just fun and great. They're a great team. I love what they do. I love how many first timers and and people trying new games and, and all that stuff. So that was really satisfying. But whether or not I would actually end up in a game was just totally like, I'm gonna leave that to fate. Um, but I ended up uh, it was just kind of like last minute we have more LARPers than we have slots to put them in the current game someone needs to run something and I felt like a superhero jumping in and running uh, Jason Morningstar's Juggernaut which is like a short small LARP um, that is basically just played out as a deck of cards and you just go through the deck of cards and um, it's uh, the premise is that it's 1950 and you someone has invented a computer that can tell the future 
and the juggernaut is never wrong. And so you, you press a button and it plays a sound and uh, you just put it on your phone or whatever. And then you pull a card and whatever it says on that card will come true. So it might be something in the future because you're in the 1950s. And so it's some historical event that will happen later. Um, but more often, it's something that will happen on that day. And so then it's up. And it's great because in character, you get to be really skeptical and like, well, this bullshit. And, you, you know, um, but you as players get to be sort of cooking in the back of your minds. How am I going to make this true? How are we going to make this true? When is it going to happen? And it's amazing. It leads to all these incredible moments of tension. Like uh, there, there's this one card that says like um, a disagreement you know, on this day, a disagreement will turn into a fist fight and a, uh, but which will end in a serious injury. And so then every time someone gets into an argument, every time two characters start arguing, there's just this like, is this going to be the one? Is this the, you know? So anyway, lots of amazing moments like that. So I just kind of jumped into it and we had a couple of first time LARPers and everyone had a great time. And we, it was like so last minute and so like hasty, like find a space. Let's just do this. Jump in. Hi, I've never met any of you before. I'm going to run you through this game. Um, and it was really, really like great, great experience. We all had fun. So that was, and I, I played another, I played another, another LARP called Conclave. Uh, I played a few of the hashtag feminism nano games that were super fun. Really, really good experience. Um, oh, which ones did you play? Uh, let me see. We played the, we played dancing with vulvas, dances <laughs> with vulvas, um, which is a great warm up game, um, <laughs> where you just try to put the word vulvas in as many movie titles as you can and it's like a rapid fire in a you have to get a certain number in a certain amount mm -hmm. and then we played one about uh we played one about um acting out a scene where someone uh menstruates onto a couch and you leave this like stain and how you manage that and so you set up the scene you play it a couple of times like like different people playing the person who uh, whatever mm -hmm. and then you play the exact same scenes again Except this time someone has spilled a glass of red wine. Mm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And so you mm. get to have this amazing experience of like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you get to play the original scenes again, but in a 20 second version. So they're like scenes are two minutes long. Yeah. And so you get to redo these scenes where it's like, this is just something that happened. This is no big deal. We, we'll, we'll just, we'll clean it, you know, put some salt on it, get some seltzer water. Um, anyway, so and, cool. and, and two or three other ones uh, that were really fun. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's what I've been playing this weekend. So, yeah. so then we, we, we have to talk about something that we, we've talked about a little bit before, but we didn't talk mm -hmm. about on second watch and I feel it's an update because last sure. second watch we talked, uh, about, uh, doing, doing my first LARP, <gasps> oh, yeah, oh. which at the time I'd never done a LARP before uh -huh. and, and I, I, I LARP cheated on you, Alex. And I feel, <laughs> I feel bad. Jim, I I'm just happy that you're happy. <laughs> 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 but it was with Jason Morningstar, so I oh, feel Oh, well, like, that's that's great. Then, yeah, yeah you do that. Right. Um, <laughs> so the, the story, and this is actually not a Gen Con story, so it's, I'm double cheating. So I, wow, I, I LARP so cheated on We're just breaking all the rules. LARP cheated on Alex. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Origins cheating on it. I'm origins cheating on uh, on Gen Con here, but uh, I, I did want to tell the story because uh, I was at Origins, what, about a month ago, six weeks ago, whatever it was, um, and I just had a hole in my schedule, and I saw that Jason Morningstar was running a LARP, so I was like, I guess that's the time. Um, let's, mm -hmm. let's do this, and... It was an amazing experience. Of course, Jason runs a phenomenal game. Well, um, what, what was the game? What was the game? Oh, that's oh, we're oh, going. Oh, 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 we're going there. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, that's the selling point. Uh, I mean, he runs he runs an amazing game. Um, and before we get to the game, one of the things I was interested about you you've talked about this a lot, Alex, but um, 
the presence and concern for safety yeah is far more than i've ever seen in any other game and i don't know because my experience is now no longer zero but it's only mm-hmm. one i don't know if that's representative of the larp community i don't know if that's representative of jason but there was a lot of thought attention um you know pre during and post to safety um and you know not not just physical safety but mental safety uh because both of these things mental and emotional all of these things were very prevalent within this game so the game was explosion in space oh yeah and this is a if i remember correctly it's a, a russian larp that he ran he learned it down at what was the big larp conference oh, living games living probably. games yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where he he i guess played it the first time really liked it wanted to run it um, so it's not one of his games but he was running it and you're told this right from the beginning. What happens is you play a crew uh, that is on a spaceship that's going between uh, the Earth and the moon. Uh, and at some point halfway through, the ship is going to blow up and you all are going to slowly die. And only one of you will live. Right from the beginning of the game, you're told this. So it's like, okay, this is this is my wheelhouse. I'm down for this. And uh, not to ruin it for anyone who's going to do it, but I'm going to ruin it. So skip ahead a couple minutes if you if you don't want to play. But even if you know it... How this is set up, it's still so powerful. Uh, and that is, you know, it, it, it's a LARP. We've got characters. I played the ship's counselor and all that. And uh, we, we, we had fun with that. And um, it sort of slowly builds up tension as things are going wrong. So, like, we set up the room. Like, you know, set up the room like a spaceship, however you want to do it. Move the tables, move the chairs around. So we set up a captain's quarters and all this. Uh, and then uh, all of a sudden we realized something was going wrong with the engines because he would go, you know, uh, crew chief, get back here. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm, I'm in a role play scene and I look over and there's someone with the flashlight app on their cell phone underneath one of the tables like working on stuff you know it, it was great and it, it built up tension uh and then the explosion happens and they turn off all the lights and we all lay on the floor and you can only communicate with each other me going jim to megan i say what i want or jim to all oh. i say what i want and only one person can talk at a time but the entire floor people are lying there as we're doing this, the the event organizer, which was Jason in this case, is walking around like the angel of death is what I termed after him because he's just walking in slow circles around everyone. And when he leans down, if he touches your, your neck, that means you're low on breath. If he touches the top of your head, you pass out for a period of time, your choice. Put your hands over your eyes, you die. So you'll be talking with someone and suddenly they will just go unresponsive. And you don't know if they're coming back and you've gotten to say your last words to them or if they're gone. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And it was amazing. The the thing and in the feedback after when we we debriefed on everything, uh, the feedback after was I've never seen silence used so powerfully in a game before. Because it was after most of us were gone, we didn't know who... I think actually still some people were alive and just choosing not to talk because we had sort of said there was... It felt like 30 seconds or five minutes or five hours. I don't even know how long it was of just silence in darkness before the lights finally slowly came back uh, at the end. And uh, so I could very much see how that game was not for everyone. It was a very emotionally intensive game, but I loved every second of it. Every second of it. 
I'm so glad that you got to have that experience yeah, of LARP and that that was really your first good. experience. That I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. That's so awesome. <laughs> the only thing Jason never lost his mind about afterwards because he went around the room giving feedback, um, and he actually apologized. He goes, "I should have asked if this was anyone's first LARP before," and he didn't. Uh, but when I told him, I goes, "The first LARP," he goes, "Like his eyes got big. He was like, you really shouldn't have.'" And I'm like, "No, no, no. I, I heavy role play. This is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. I uh-huh. knew what it was before. You were very clear about what it was before we got into it. Yeah. It was fine." And to answer your question about safety, that's it's a huge, huge thing in certain LARP communities and a huge thing in, in the LARP communities that I frequent and spend a lot of time in. And just knowing Jason, it's it's really, really, really important to him uh, personally. So, um, wow, amazing. I'm, I love that you had that experience. I I've talked to people here who are telling me about their first LARP experience. Oh. And I love hearing about that. Like I get so excited and I just wanted to keep happening more and more and more. I was doing LARPs on demand at games on demand. I was organizing it and like it just people who don't get to LARP very much or people who LARP all the time and they love it or people who never have, or they did once in the nineties and now they're coming back. Like I, you're all welcome. You're all going to have a great time. Like I just, Oh, it's so great. So we're at uh, we're at buys, which uh, Gen Con's kind of big for. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Let's go back to Megan. We haven't heard from Megan in a while. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, no, there was a lot of buys happening at Gen Con. I uh, picked up some things for friends who couldn't make it out, so that was cool getting to go look for other things that I may not have picked up. Um, and then for myself, I think the some of the big ones I bought were... There was a board game that I picked up, and it is the only board game that I picked up this weekend. I picked up a bunch of role-playing game books um, and things like that. The, the The company that I care, the the people that came with me, my that sort of company, um, they bought a lot of board games because that's what we play together. Um, but the one that I bought was a game that we played several years ago at a PAX East, and it's completely silly and ridiculous and it's called moonquake escape and you are playing these little cartoon aliens who were in prison on this poorly built like prison planet that is now crumbling because of a moonquake and you have to like navigate this the terrain to get back to this spaceship and you got to be the first one off and i think there are several things that drew me to it and one thing is you have to build this game board so did you guys uh do you remember mousetrap Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of oh, course. Yeah. Okay, of course. Yeah, that's a, that's a game that I never owned growing up, but I had several friends who did. And you go to their house and you want to play Mousetrap because you want to build this game, but they're so tired of putting this game together because it's always broken and terrible. That like <laughs> no one ever wants to actually put Mousetrap together. <laughs> it's not that elaborate, but it has the same kind of, yeah. of vibe to it, where you're putting this little this prison tower thing together and there's like a moon on a stick then you spin it and like it's it's you get to interact with this board and it's so very silly and the the guy who made it whose name i did not look up before we got here but that's okay um he has such a presence at like we were wandering around the floor at pax east and he's like do you want to play a game and like has just this so so much enthusiasm about this game and the way he pitches it and then uh it was you know late at night and we're kind of tired but he's very excited about it and we're like whatever man we'll play this game and he's like excellent because the winner gets a moon pie and we're like yeah we're in we're gonna do this <laughs> yes so good. yeah so i bought the game and now i have to buy a box of moon pies so that 
Moon pies. What a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's one of the buys I think I'm super excited about. And then I uh, I picked up the beast just today. Just that's just right. Not more than an hour or two ago. So my next month is going to be super weird. We <laughs> should play the beast simultaneously. Yes. I think we should like sync up. I- yeah. Okay, as someone who doesn't know what the Beast is, fill, fill me in on this. So I, I got two games here. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really, really wanted to pick up the revised version of the Romance Trilogy, the new version that Emily just came out with, because yes. it looks so beautiful. But it is. They, they sold out, which is wonderful. I'm glad that that game is in lots of people's hands. I will get a copy some other time. Um, but uh, mm. But the two games I did get, one was Golden Sky Stories, which is like the super cute, adorable game of being little animal spirits that take human form and help people with their problems. It's so cute. Yes, uh, and the other game is a one-player uh, Polish game that just got translated into English. It's a card game. Uh, it's a it's a um, like a pervasive one-player game that you play out over the course of 30 days. Like, I think you play one card per day. Um, and it's about a monster that you find and you live with and you slowly develop a sexual relationship with this monster. And... Uh, it, it's apparently pretty amazing. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I just the whole idea of a one player role role playing game is very cool. That was super intriguing. I like that aspect. And then, I mean, the fluff is good too. So, that's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we should definitely do this at the, at the same time. I, I'm, I'm curious to keep kind of track of how the game goes, and then because I want to see how it replays. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm going to be journaling about it or something. Or I really don't know that much. Maybe journaling yeah. about it is part of it, or you have to write Maybe. things down or make a record of something. I, I don't know. This feels like the perfect thing to go sign up for a live journal for again. Yeah, that would be pretty amazing. Because yeah. <laughs> if someone was really having sex with a monster that was in their apartment, I feel like they would definitely live journal about it yeah. that's what would be yeah. the appropriate that's, social media that's the yeah. only all right yeah. I'll, I'll tweet my my live journal address to people <laughs> when nice. i go nice. and set this up nice current mood delighted mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. jim what's your buy uh, my my buy i actually didn't buy that much um i was i was joking because it was Saturday at noon, so what is that, three, four days into the convention, um, mm-hmm. before the first time I walked into the dealer's hall. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And actually, I was thinking about it because the, the badges, you know, that uh, are around our neck that we have to have to, like, pay for to attend the convention, <laughs> I was sitting there realizing, I was like, I literally use this thing for two hours. I guess I'm technically supposed to have one to be around and, you know, support Gen Con and all that. But I was like... Mm-hmm. I could have almost not had it, and my experience would have almost not been different. But I did get a little bit of time in the in the dealer's hall, and um, uh, Emily, my better half, was of course here at Gen Con too, and she was walking around, and she had seen a a pro wrestling card game, which of course I'm a big pro wrestling <laughs> fan, uh, and I had just this amazing experience because we were walking around, and suddenly it clicked back into my head. I go, "Oh yeah, we need to go check out that pro wrestling game," and all of a sudden, out of nowhere. A luchador goes, which pro wrestling game are you looking for? Well, and I went, I was having a conversation here, but this is interesting. Okay. Um, I go, what was the name of it? And she goes, super show at you. And the guy goes, that is the proper one to have. And he was like, to the booth. And 
like just coincidentally their guy amazing was there and i went to his booth and for 15 minutes we cut a promo back and forth uh with each other (gasps) to buy this thing um and at the end of it of course i bought the game of course and the guy literally goes and goes all right all seriousness you uh, before i bought it he goes all seriousness do you want to play the game to like learn what it is i go no i don't care at this point like (laughs) i have i have gotten my entertainment value you know you you all are entertaining enough that the game you make i'm sure is good uh you know give give me your product take my money you know you've given me a little experience in a moment and ultimately that's what we're looking for with their games so uh so that was the the super fun one i think the only other thing um oh uh i bought a i should wish i scratch that uh just ignore the novel or ignore the name uh oh i bought a game from uh hans cummings he is uh an author that writes um fantasy and sci-fi novels as well as he is the organizer for the ennies um and i actually had him on my show and then he's a super super amazing guy and i was so intrigued with some of the stories that he was talking about i went uh he was down in author's alley and i went and picked up one of his novels um so if you if you like reading novels uh i just started it actually that night too uh and it's so good already like i'm excited for it uh so anyway uh if, if you like it i mean he's super great super talented awesome guy you all hear him talking tabletop some so i bought that and and the only other thing rpg related i picked up was lamentations of the flame princess so that was that was what we had nice i'm curious about that one someone someone brought that up at a, a panel that i was on and i'm curious about that game yeah, I, I haven't played I, it. I know almost nothing about it. Mm. Um, I just I was walking through the booth and saw it, and I went, "Hmm, I've heard people say it's good." So yeah. twenty five dollars, another RPG book to read, absolutely. <laughs> and that was that was pretty much the entirety of the thought process. You know, there was this huge like light up banner, like one of those like like series of lights mm-hmm. banners outside yeah. of this very hotel, and it just said hashtag Try New Games. Okay, and uh, I think that's good. I think that's a very, very good attitude to come to something like this with. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, I I came in with, you know, two, uh, maybe two purchases in mind that I was like, I want to get these things because I'm I'm aware of them. You know, the board game that I came to get, I will buy. The the one rule book that I came to get because I played it recently, like, I'm going to do that. But everything else was like, this looks cool. Yeah. Or had a blurb from Alex Roberts on the back. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that that's in print now. That's really cool. That, that guy reached out to me a while ago, and I, I didn't have a chance to play it, but I got a chance mm-hmm. to look through it, and I was just like, wow, this is really this cool thing you got going on here, dude. And yeah, I guess I, words to that effect are now in the back of the book. Yes. <laughs> they were they, – there was a glowing review, and I'm sure that my group will play it because I am it, – it's a GM-less role-playing game about dwarves having an adventure. Uh, of some sort and i am dwarf trash and at least one other person in my home group is dwarf trash so we need more games without gms uh and so we'll play it we'll let you know (laughs) i'm excited good oh i didn't even mention my most important acquisition of the con which is that while walking from one hotel to the other at about like two in the morning Mm -hmm. i found this Battlestar Galactica original series tie-in novel on the ground that was actually written by Richard Hatch, who played Apollo. And so I was like, you're coming with me, trash book. And I I brought it to, um, I was going to hang out with some games on demand folks. And I was like, look what I brought. And I just opened up uh, it up to a random page. And it was this like weirdly, weirdly erotic 
thing about like Starbuck gesturing at something with his pistol and like the heaviness of the of the barrel of his of his mm-hmm. laser blaster or whatever. And I was like, cool, delivered. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that book is now, but if someone else finds it, I hope that it it treats you well. Also, oh my god, I'm I'm a big fan of the original Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I haven't actually seen it. It's but- pretty fun it's extremely extremely homoerotic and not in like a kirk spock i could see this kind of if Mm -hmm. i think about it like no it's just there very obvious cool cool (laughs) so uh i I guess we should probably go around with some of our our favorite gen con moments then at this point right like i mean as as i think about it we've i probably talked about some but uh like everything we keep saying it's it's been the moments really i mean that that's what's made this thing I think uh, one thing that we all definitely have experienced and can talk about is there was a hangout last night. Oh, my God. Well, there was a panel and then a hangout. I just, it was so much fun. It was so, so, so much fun. And much like Gen Con itself, I had no, like, I've never done anything like that before. I hung out with people who were like, I mean... To, they're they're fans of James and Cat and and One Shot and Campaign primarily, mm-hmm. so I feel like you know I, I um that's a little less pressure, um but like hanging out with people who are I don't know and they like my stuff and I was like I don't know what's like what's that gonna be like how do I operate in that mode, um but it turns out they like my show because they have similar interest to me and like what I like and yeah. they're cool and smart and have good taste <laughs> and um and I I loved every single interaction that I had with folks like. It was just so, it was so much fun. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a super big turnout. Um, yeah. You know, the, obviously one, one shots continued to, uh, to grow, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. that's why, why the three of us are sitting here talking yeah. now. <laughs> um, but I was, I was at that exact same event last year uh, and it was 16, 18 people. I think, and that's oh, wow. the one shot staff included. Um, wow. You know, and I mean, it was what sixty people, probably guessing. I, oh, at least I don't even know. Yeah, you know, it was um, huge. You know, I I think there was more people there than at the panel. People should come listen to us talk. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was an amazing good time. We had uh, the the panel before was super fun too. I yeah, thought. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, us uh, us just getting to sit and sit and talk and kind of and goof. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bits, I believe, yeah. is the term, yeah. right? Yes, that's bits. right. We did. We were doing a doing a lot of bits on, a lot, on that a panel. A lot of bits, a lot of bits. Uh, but no, similarly, I mean, just all the the interaction with the the one shot fans. Um, you know, they're all amazing people. I mean, it's all I did was go from table to table and just be like, "Hi, I'm Jim," and then you know, ten minutes of just amazing interaction. Uh, and that was, I mean, the entire night, one after another, was phenomenal. Yeah. And um, someone made like a little crocheted Tony Vornskir. Oh, yeah. Like, what Gosh. the heck? It was so beautiful. I was losing my mind. It's super cute. I got her business card. Good. We can put it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's very, very, does very good work. So. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like I'm saying the same things over and over and over again <laughs> in this episode where I'm just like, it was amazing. It was so much fun. Everyone was so sweet. But yeah. like, I have nothing. I don't have anything more sophisticated to say yet than that. You know, like maybe once I've digested this experience and I've thought about it and I'll think like, you know, the the, the recurring theme of Gen Con and like my <laughs> overall experience and my expectations. Like right now, I just I just have love in my heart. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, because that's what we do here. Yeah. There were definitely one or two, maybe two and a half. I'm trying to remember, like little moments of running into people that are definitely outside our sphere mm-hmm. of of people are games people that there would be a comment or some kind of exchange that was like really 
Mm. Yeah. Like, what is what is wrong with you? Why why would, why would you be this way? Yeah. <laughs> everybody like, loves everybody here. Stop. Stop this thing you're doing. Yeah. But, but it wasn't even that wasn't enough to. Mm. Like, yeah. Listening to just hearing one guy say some dumb thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, off in the corner, whatever, like, well, he's moved on with the crowd now yep. and <laughs> and his opinions about the new Superman movie or how that person in a costume looks uh, are gone. They're gone yeah. from my mind now. They're gone from my experience. So uh, that was nice. That was good. Did, did you all get to see by chance that there's a couple like awesome little Gen Con events that I really like that happened in the hallways. Um, there is Card Valhalla. Did you all see Card Valhalla? No, I don't oh, think so. Oh my goodness. Uh, all right, this this is a must for you next year. They have at the main entrance of the convention center uh, throughout the entire week, they build up these massive houses of cards. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And then you didn't see this at all. Alex. No, I didn't see oh, this Megan, at did all. Did you actually see like them building I, it? We we walked past it, and I sort of saw it a little bit as we were as we were walking through. And I had the the people that I were I was with at the at the time they'd been here last year, and they were explaining to me what was yeah. happening. I was yeah. like, that sounds. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so so they build these big houses of cards, and depending on if this is something you like or not, I find it super cool. Um, and I mean, they're tall. I mean, some of them are six, seven feet tall, uh, and there's a bunch of them everywhere, all in this one section. And then um, Saturday night for charity, I don't know what their their charity was. Um, what happens is everyone stands in a big semicircle around it and has any bit of change that they have, and they just all as a group huck it and knock all of these things down. And Whoa. I mean, it's like it's it's like Rome burning in front of you as these things go down. And of course, they collect all the money, then they yeah. ask for donations and yeah, donate yeah. to charity. Um, but uh, I, I always, I don't know, something about that. I really, really like it just because I want to knock down those houses of cards so bad. I don't mm. know what that says about my mentality, but um, well, but, but it, it's he doesn't want to build it, them. He just wants to destroy <laughs> the work that you've done. You want to be a kaiju? That's okay. <laughs> and there's always a couple that are built with L5R cards, so I get to yeah. be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's um there's something to that too about like making something that is ephemeral and yeah. making something that just exists and then it doesn't exist, which I feel like all of us who role play can really identify with that, uh, you know, making this beautiful thing that just stops existing. Can we talk about that as a concept for a second? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um th- this is something that I've been kind of in a weird way toying with because I made a game called Reflections that kind of does this, but I didn't feel like I actually experienced it really until this this weekend. And that is is actually gaming as just a temporary experience, which is kind of, I guess, maybe a weird thing to say because to a degree it is. It's it, you live it and you have that experience. But so much of my play anyway has been campaign stuff and like the one shots and all that that have been really good. It's you sit there and you sort of talk about them and there's the shared experience with the group and all of that uh but i played uh, this game of reflections with jacqueline one of the listeners of uh, of, of one shot um who listens to i believe everything one shot if, if we put out a tiny snippet of audio uh, one shot does she she listens to it all three of our shows campaign one shot every she's an, an amazing person i i talked to her a lot on on twitter and g plus and and we got to meet uh, for the first time and she really wanted to play so i ran reflections for her and we had i mean an amazing 
amazing experience. And it was just the two of us alone in the corner of the convention. And sort of afterwards, I just had this thought. I go, it was it was this fleeting hour in time that just occurred and we both have it and it's gone and there's because of the nature of how the game plays there's no record of it it's it's gone forever and it's just sort of living within the emotional memory state and i thought that was i don't know really cool um is, is that more prevalent in larp especially i know like some of the shorter form ones i don't know it's a weird concept to me that just sort of dropped on me on thursday afternoon Oh my gosh, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure where to go with that. Like, right? it it sounds like it would be because a lot of I mean, you know most LARP, LARPs don't leave artifacts that you could kind of come back to and and say you know or do they? Well, I'm thinking of the the first time I played a LARP outside of my like home group. Um, I got to play this miracle, um, which is a game where you make creation myths and make. Uh, artifacts that represent those myths and then create rituals to reenact those myths. It's, it was totally amazing. And Lizzie Stark ran it at Dreamation. And, um, and I met some people in that game that I'm still friends with and love so much. Um, and so one of the artifacts that we made, like, they, you know, they're crude and we just had like arts and crafts stuff. And it's just this really simple, like, thing made out of pipe cleaners that looks would look like nothing to anyone. And like, I still have it. And that was like, two years ago, and I will probably keep it forever. So I feel like artifacts of play in general are, are really rare, and especially because I, I think in a tabletop game, you're more likely to have some kind of something uh, that is created over the course of the game, whether it's a map or like your character sheet that you've, that it doesn't, mm-hmm. you don't just get a character sheet, you're, you're writing on it and changing it and putting numbers and whatever. Um, but I think maybe that's what makes it so special when, when a game does have some kind of artifact and you get mm-hmm. to hang on to it. Um, Avery McDonald made a really, really cool uh, two-player game called Three Days or something like that. Shoot, I wish I could remember. But anyway, it's about two people who fall in love at a convention and then they have to leave. And uh, one of the players knits over the course of the game and what color of yarn you use um, like expresses your character's emotional state. Mm-hmm. Um, I played it and I used cross-stitching because I can't knit to save my life. Um <laughs> And even just that, like it was, it didn't turn out a masterpiece. It was just a row of a couple of, a couple of rows of a couple of colors. But mm-hmm. it, it was still like, oh, I love this thing. This thing is so cool. Oh, that's real. Because it represents hmm. an experience. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. What else we want to talk about? I went to wizard school. You did. Yeah, we can, we can break out of the Gen Con specific <laughs> let jim have his anarchy to, to, to me it's anarchy. it's to me it's all one trip right like i went oh, to medicola mm-hmm. i visited a bunch of friends in a bunch of different places who were all wonderful and hospitable mm-hmm. and sweet uh and then i came to gen con and um, wizard school was was pretty amazing um yes. i was i was pretty miserable on the first night um i was just like lost it was really hot because it was in virginia and it was like literally 100 degrees mm-hmm. um and I just wasn't quite sure what I was doing yet. And I think I think a lot of people felt that way. Um, but then people started connecting and, and things started to make sense. And people started to interact and build and, and feed each other energy and build off that energy. And just it's, it's two days and it represents the first two days of class of a new semester. Mm. And the second day is like this homecoming dance or whatever you would call it. Um, and so by the end of the game, it's Saturday night and you're just dancing and you're like... Uh, it's a brilliant piece of design because it puts everyone in the game into one place at one time at the very end of the game. 
So any like sort of like loose threads or plots or like relationships that you want to resolve, you can do it because everyone's there in one big room. So that's brilliant. And it means that you get to de-roll in a way that is like joyful and fun and you're having a good time instead of, um, you know, it's it's easy to like I was really, really sad to leave my character behind. I was a professor of divination. I was just like a magical therapist, basically. (laughs) And I loved, loved, loved being that character. And I was really worried about leaving her behind. I wasn't looking forward to it. Um, So getting to de-roll while dancing and while having fun and while feeling accomplished and good and it being Saturday night and and being having that sort of like plot satisfaction and story satisfaction at the same time was was really cool. I'm being so incoherent about that experience, no, but that's okay. I'm just all I can do is ramble. It was it was really fun. It was really special. I remember you talking on Twitter before you went about <laughs> when you found out that you were going to be, or or maybe it was before you found out what role you were going to have. Um, think talking about the difference between playing a student role or playing a, a professor role, and the different kinds of fun. Yeah. So how did that? Do you do you think you had had fun the right enough fun a good kind of fun a how how did that how did that happen I I had a lot of fun um I loved teaching actually I loved having classes um I was teaching palmistry and phrenology Mm -hmm. which is like a magical aura based version of phrenology that isn't just like weird eugenic horribleness and I induced people into prophetic trances and interpreted dreams um, so that's what I was teaching, and that was really fun. Uh, and I got to see people doing in-character like readings later in the LARP. Like my students start to use Ooh. that stuff, which was great, right? So I loved teaching, and I loved uh, being a resource for people and students coming to me um, with in-character stuff. Like I've had this vision, I've had this dream. Help me interpret it, Professor Ziegler. Uh, or just coming to me with like stuff. Like what ended up happening is that is that people would just come to me as like a confidant or whatever. And th- those were my most satisfying moments of play. My actual most satisfying, most one of the most powerful role-playing moments I've ever had in my life. Um, I got to do like the sort of channeling seance thing for a character whose mother had just passed away. And so uh, we did this, like, I invented this ritual on the fly. He told me about a, a treasured memory of her, and he put that memory into some water, and then I drank the water, and then I, like, channeled her voice, and he got to say all these things that um, that he hadn't got to say to her. And, like, um, so that was, like, totally a peak experience for me, and that happened, I guess, like, Friday night. And, um, yeah, so I, I think it's a different kind of fun when you're a student and you're sort of um, more receptive and um, you have more freedom in a way, I guess, because like you can skip classes if you're a student, it's not a big deal. But I, I've, I felt more tied to my schedule. Um, and I felt more like sort of giving people stuff and making stuff happen and seeding things. Um, so it's maybe those are, are different kinds of fun. But I think I really, really made the right choice. I think I, I was actually much happier as a professor than I would have been as a student. Um, I felt like I just had a bit more control over what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. How many people like are in that LARP? 120 something around there. Oh, wow. 100, 150 How somewhere in, in there. How in the world do you structure something like that to keep 120 people interested and engaged for what was it, two days, three days? What? You can't. You cannot give people any amount of stuff in advance and expect them to just run on that. What you have to do is empower them to make play themselves. Hmm. Right. And so that's that's really um, the LARP definitely had a lot of lore. And there was like a huge world document that um, that you were encouraged to read, although not required. Uh, and there was a lot in your character's backstory in terms of hooks and things that you could be interested in. So there, there was like a big sort of information dump that took 
place, not at the LARP, but in advance. And a lot of people connected with each other just on Facebook or whatever to create character bonds and decide who they had history with and, and whatever. Hey, we should say that we were roomies. Hey, we should say that we were, that we've been friends forever. We should say whatever. So there was a lot of that in advance, but you really have to empower people to make their own decisions, create their own magical rituals, invent their own spells. Uh, yeah. And, and the more there, there was a combination of letting people do that and, and giving plots. And in my experience, the, the plots that were tr- supposed to be kind of given to people were not half as successful, half as interesting. They didn't flow as naturally as stuff that, that just came from the players. I'm sorry, I talked about Wizard School for so long. No, I wanted Fun. to hear about Wizard School. Yeah. That's awesome. Honestly, like so much of my Gen Con experience has been finding other people who were at Wizard School, <laughs> especially if they were in a different run than me, right? Because it's oh. the same set of characters, mm-hmm. same like, you know, preset stuff. Did, did you talk to, because James and Kat did it, right? Yes, and I didn't get a chance to, oh. to really, really debrief with them. Like oh. we barely talked about it at all. Um, they were busy bees at this convention. Oh my yeah, goodness. Nope. And uh, I mean, so was I, but they were really on, on that hustle. So We'll get, we'll get another chance to talk about wizard school. I'm, I'm quite confident about that. <laughs> and maybe next year I'll go be a wizard. I want to do this. You should totally come next year. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be rad. You should come too, Jim. You're a LARPer now. I don't know yeah. if that one's my cup of tea. I um, That's fine. I, I No samurai students? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've never, I don't know, the, the, wizard, the wizard school doesn't, that theme doesn't have an appeal, I think, enough to me to keep me engaged for that long. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely super interested in a, you know, a, a long form LARP like that, you know, mm-hmm. a multiple day type thing. Um, you know, now in my mind, because I had that wonderful experience in my first LARP and, uh, of course I am, I'm very much addicted to that kind of play. I'm going, can, can I get that high of emotion for three straight days or do people <laughs> just not do that because there's really big problems you, trying you to would, do that? Yeah. You would just run yourself ragged. Right. Um, you know, so I, I want to get in one. I want to try one, but I, I don't think Magiskull is the right one for me, but, uh, there is one out there. Yeah. And don't do it unless you're psyched about it. Right. Right. right exactly. You know, go, go in with enthusiasm. And I think that, um, the success of, of New World Magiscola will probably mean that we see a lot more LARPs like that in that right. style uh, and of, of that quality um, here in North America, which is very exciting. And I hope that you get to go to samurai school or, or whatever. <laughs> um, but I can tell you, in a, in a LARP that long, I had concerns about this as well because I'm used to being in like two-hour games where you're in character the whole time. Um, you kind you drift in and out. You, ch- you do check-ins out. You do metagaming talk all throughout. You're definitely not in it super super immersed having an intense experience the whole time there's sort of there's sort of peaks and valleys and see and that's that's interesting to me because i would assume naturally it would pretty much have to be that way um my my gut reaction is i don't like that but then again that gut reaction is based off of years of tabletop playing with the longest sessions are four or five hours which while at time, I mean, even then there's breaks because you, you, you go out and you, you, you take a break. So um, I don't know. I just I have a, a gut reaction to that that is most certainly off base. But I feel like I won't get past that reaction until I get to experience it. I, I wasn't sure how it would work either. And I thought, like, is, wouldn't that be jarring? But it's actually very comfortable to um, to just kind of slip out of character for a second, establish something, agree to something, whatever, um, and then slip back in. And, and when you when you just start doing that, it, it flows really nicely, actually. 
so yeah, so I think this is this has been the the Gen Con episode. We're 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 all a little more a little more mellow than uh, I guess maybe perhaps previous second watches, but uh, uh, it's it's been good. And uh, you know, getting to sit down and and, and meet you all face to face for the first time and do the one shot and do the Gen Con and and the fact that we within our schedule still actually made time to make this recording happen yeah. has me super super excited. So uh, uh, awesome, awesome. I think yeah. that's been second watch. Let's all go take a nap. Yeah, good night everybody. <laughs> good night everybody.